Welcome back to Living More of a Life, the podcast which helps raise awareness of issues which stop us living more of a life. I'm your host, Jane Tarrant. Today I'm speaking to Lucy Burles. From her early 20s, working hard, partying hard, Lucy has transitioned into a very different way of life. She's now in her mid-30s. I've split this interview into two. The first part is actually the second part of our conversation, and the second part is the first, which was a real tearjerker. 2020 has been an incredibly difficult year for Lucy, regardless of the fact we've had COVID-19 restrictions. Amazingly, she's a lot more positive in her current situation than she has ever been before. Lucy had a life plan and she was about to start a family. First, she was diagnosed with POTS, otherwise known as postural tachycardia syndrome. Then she was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, otherwise known as ME. And just after that, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. She goes through chemo and radiotherapy during lockdown. Two other members of her family also get cancer. On top of all this, two absolute key members of her inner circle pass away. Across the two interviews, we discuss what happens when you think you'll have children and then you have your menstrual cycle stops to be put into early menopause for cancer treatment. And when we look at it, that many of us grow up thinking that if we want something enough and work towards it enough, we can have what we want. That's all very well, except for when your health doesn't allow it. We often don't plan for or consider this. As Lucy so nicely recaps it, health is wealth. We discuss how we lived in a different way back in the day, where holistic education wasn't needed in the same way, because it was part of our usual family ritual and we couldn't be connected in the same way as we are now. This particular double episode talks around the point of when you put 110% into life and whether that really gives you what you're hoping from it or whether it deals you a different set of cards. This is a time when a lot of us are sort of experiencing different conditions or um, feedback from our body following whatever life we've put ourselves through. And obviously you've been hit with the big C um, mm-hmm. and, you know, but you've also got these other underlying things which have kind of been there following your sort of lifestyle. Um, how do you kind of feel about how well you treated your body when you were younger and whether, you know, whether that has, has set any. you up for for this kind of difficulty later on and the lack of awareness of that and that party hard work hard kind of mentality um you know whether that's really actually sort of caused your your some of your issues now I not mean, I can't obviously prove it or not but how do you feel about that kind of concept yeah it's interesting you should say that I actually feel it wasn't that that triggered it although it could, I could see it, it could be I think it's more how I how it's been ingrained into me through my education and the reason why I say that is because I've actually had a few conversations with some schoolmates about sort of our work ethic Um, and there's a few girls especially head girls that I know that have really struggled um, going through uh, 
sort of adulthood um, because of the way we have been taught to literally put 110% into everything we do. We are perfectionists. Um, there is nothing we will let lie. Um, and I've seen some of these girls sort of at weddings and, you know, I've talked to them, but my Hemi and my pots and I say god I just you know I'm really struggling but you know I do feel it's basically because of the school that we went to to really deliver they told us you've got to you know you've got to do your research you've got you are you will be successful if you you know do that 110 percent and I think actually I did do that in my job and I was very good at that and you know People, the, the children's parents used to come up to me and say, we were so lucky to have you as a school teacher or I was a special needs coordinator. So I looked after the children who had special educational needs. And um, I used to get a, lo- a lot of sort of some people might know them as statements or um, healthcare plans through for them, educational healthcare plans. Um, and I would I would go to, you know, I'd push it all the way through. I could, I like, I would really, really work hard on, on helping the, that these children get what they need um, by putting my health at risk, by not having a lunch break. I don't think I ever had a lunch break when I worked in a school. I mean, everyone else would take lunch breaks and that's a really healthy work ethic. But at the time, I didn't see that. I didn't really appreciate that. I just thought, well, yeah, that's fine. You can take your work, you know, your your work break then. But actually, I could get another thing done in that time. But what I didn't realise was not only was I losing um, a social life, also um, strong relationships with colleagues um, and jeopardising all of that, but actually uh, my health was at risk. And that, I think, has stemmed from my education of being if you want to be successful in life Um, and you don't need to do that to be successful in life in fact I feel probably my most successful now because I've overcome such a horrendous year and yet I'm still smiling still positive not crying on the way to work like I was when we were estate agents I'm able to hold myself together I know if someone if it doesn't agree with someone or if I'm not if I'm unable to do something because of how I'm feeling, then I think, well, that's my body telling me I can't do that. And I think that's a much better skill to have. Um, it's actually quite dangerous to to educate children, I think, into a way of thinking you've got to work yourselves into the ground. Because, as I said before, like health is really is wealth. I mean, you only live one life. And I, I really... I get quite sad and grieved for the life that I used to have sometimes because I think I just I just didn't appreciate it then. Um, but I feel this was such an important lesson for me to learn in my lifetime. So I do see a positive in it. And I think I will overcome this. I'm determined. Um, I will stabilise and I will get um, stronger and be able to listen to my body better. And And how do you see... You know, once you get to that point where you are more capable physically than you are now, Mm. how do you see the way in which you'll prioritize certain things or or, you know, how you'll actually approach certain things that you want to do, be it work or or whatever it is you go into? Um, You know, how will that look now that you have got some appreciation of life and also Mm. that you realize how hard it is to get that energy back if you lose it? Yeah, well, I believe 
Um, and it's something, again, I've, we've really learned as a family collectively, this through going through COVID and living in such close quarters, that honesty is absolutely key. Um, I really think you just, I, I mean, of course, you're not rude, but you need to explain um, if you're unable to do something or, you know, if a job requires you to do something and say, actually, that's a bit too much for me to, I'm not going to be able to achieve that by myself, or I can't manage all of that, or I'm going, I, you know, I'm definitely going to say yes now, I think I can do it. However, if it's a, if it's a day where I'm not actually feeling too great that day, then I'm going to say, I can't, I, I might have to say on the day, I'm not able to do that. Or um, I just be really realistic with people and yourself. Um, and yourself is so key. I'm, very good looking at myself now um, and saying I'm not going to be able to do that or I'm a bit worried about that but I still worry about what other people think and that's just something that I have been working on since 2021 New Year's Eve it was my first ever time I did a New Year's resolution but I promised myself that I was not going to care what other people think and trying to stop working as the people pleaser um, which is something that I know is I do notoriously it's just I just always want to help people in in a way and actually again I would sacrifice my health for it so something that I just think I can't do if I want if I want to be if I want to live more of a life I guess. Yeah absolutely and I think I think the way in which we have felt that we have to push in work or push in life in general I don't think we've been taught the flip side of that it's all very well pushing in life and pushing in work but up to a point and only when you have looked after yourself first whereas I think it was that that complete lack of the kind of holistic health element that probably our entire generation have have lacked as well as our parents and potentially even Mm. our grandparents and I think before that it was kind of potentially a bit more there but it was ingrained in culture and habit so you know people would sit down to eat their dinner there were no devices we would you know we would live in a more sort of a slower way you'd leave the office and go home and there'd be no work there you know it was a different style of life and so they didn't have to have the education because it wasn't an issue they would just Mm. do that naturally and although yes some people would still work themselves into ground and things you know the, the large population of people would actually compared to today be living a much healthier lifestyle Mm. just through their their kind of family unit and the way in which things were and the fact we couldn't go all over the place all the time we couldn't be connected 24 7 and yet now we are completely connected 24 7 we can work at any time anywhere we can work 24 hours around the clock if we want to Mm. and and some people do because either they feel it's the only way to be successful um, as they see it or wealthy as they see it you know in a monetary sense but we are now at the point where we are we are receiving these warnings and you know whereas I spoke to uh, Dr Medlina Kanchev back in episode three you know she got cancer when she'd got two young children she'd lost her husband and she um, had a had a business to run you know and she she very luckily was able to get over that quite quickly and Mm. um you know it wasn't at the the highest grade and she was able to appreciate life so much more and now she has brilliant health that you know um near 60 and you know she got that warning and it thank goodness it was just a warning you've had a 
maybe a heavier smash on the fact that you've also got these underlying energy issues as well so it's it's not allowing you to maybe get back into the pace of life that you'd like but I think that you've still taken the the learnings from it and as you go forward you will but so many people are still waiting for that warning and that shock and I don't think that people expect it to come I think everybody's like oh it won't happen to me but I think the reality is when will it happen to me yeah yeah I, I, I try and ed- that's why I went into teaching. I always thought after I didn't really like my school um, and I, the experiences that I had from it. I mean, some were positive, um, but some weren't. And because of that, I thought, gosh, I'd never want to be a teacher. And then I did a full circle and I thought, actually, I could be a really good teacher and actually teach the holistic self and 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 teach children how to respect themselves and that's exactly what I did it was so key and I think now when I see my nephews and and nieces um who are not too much younger than me um I say and they'll see them working hard I just say to them it's just a reminder take that lunch break make sure you're not working yourself into the ground you don't want to be me trust me and I really if I I try and tell lots of people that really really try and get people to understand that it's so important to look after yourself and it's all you know very vogue at the moment isn't it like sort of self-care but actually I'm so glad it is because I think there needs to be more awareness of it because it can be so detrimental to to your life I think I could have been if if I didn't have the support network of my amazing family my mum I could actually sort of be in the deep dark depths of depression um, which normally go alongside me because well you can imagine sort of staying in bed all day can actually have that effect on you um but yeah I don't I'm very fortunate and also you know losing our health doesn't just affect us it affects everyone around us whether it be you know affecting our parents who maybe have to step in or our partners who have to carry more load or you know Mm. our friends who have to sort of help out where they can or you know get let down in other ways yeah you know and and your work you know where they're relying on you for something and suddenly you're not able to do that and you know we're not all in the same position you know you're in a position where financially you've you've just been able to actually take this time for yourself yeah. um, and you've had that support from your family but not everybody's going to have that financial yeah. situation either so what scares me is whilst back in the day the lady of the manor could you know go off yeah. to her room and and fatigue you know it, it, that's that's a luxury for some and actually those who are you know working really hard and need to work they don't have that luxury of being able to step back. And yet that's why it's so important that we're preventative rather than looking at it afterwards, because, yeah. you know, this is the example of it. This is this yeah. is what it, you get reduced to from even though you want to be out and you want to be helping and you've got so much to give. You just can't give because you spent so long giving out and nowhere near enough time putting back in. Yeah. I, I mean, the the guilt that I still I used to and still feel um, for my poor husband when um, he decided that um, he was going to marry me. He definitely didn't know that I was going to be this poorly and that he was going to have to support both of us financially and, you know, you know, hold the mortgage for us. It was it was a really big decision um, for him to make that Christmas when I can when I couldn't get out of bed. But um, I just I used to apologise and he'd say, well, 
what about if we do this this weekend and I'm like you can there's three things you've said choose one and I hope I'll be able to do that and then most most times I'd have to sort of get a taxi home early or I'd, I'd always say to him you you go and do your thing but he you know he wanted me he wanted his new wife or his fiance um at the time you know by his side but I just wasn't wasn't well enough to do that um and I, I felt so guilty I mean, he, he I mean he's never complained um I can see him being disappointed um but he's never complained he's been amazing a rock um but yeah, it's I, that another thing is I hate letting people down. Um, but I'm, but then I used to do the opposite when I didn't really appreciate how serious my illness was. I used to force myself to go out and then I'd, you know, get Monday morning and I'd have to be at work and I'd be like, what have I done? Like I've made myself really ill and I'd go in and I'd have to leave work early because um, I went to a restaurant on Saturday. You know, it was <laughs> crazy, just ridiculous. So that's when I think of people when they that's you know maybe a normal um thing that people do but actually it was that was a really difficult difficult thing for me for me to be able to achieve is to go out for dinner and the the worst thing is in London is that sort of getting to places I have to I used to um some most of my energy would be you know walking down the road to get to the train station to get on a train to get off the train to walk to the restaurant so in effect I was already exhausted by the time I got there. Um, so I either chose a restaurant that was local to me, which is um, we live sort of on the outskirts of southwest London. So it wasn't ideal for everyone. Um, or I would um, have to get an Uber, which obviously ramped up every all our finances. Um, so it's those kind of things. What you'd say is quite normal is actually incredibly difficult, um, which was quite hard for someone who was as sociable as me. Um but yeah, I mean, I feel quite fortunate now that I probably would be able to manage, you know, I think getting a train to getting um, to getting a rest to go, going to a restaurant now, I suppose. Um, so there are, you know, I have definitely improved, um, but I still have to very, very carefully choose what I can and can't do. Every week is analysed, every activity, every day I look at things. What can I do? Mm, should I be doing that? Well, I've got this at the end of the week. I should probably save myself. Can I ask as well, you know, this this particular experience of COVID lockdown was very unique in the sense that whereas sometimes you'd be too tired to go out, but that doesn't mean you don't want to sit down and have a glass of wine and natter with your friends. You know, um, you just couldn't get there and back again, should we say. But yeah. having this lockdown situation where suddenly this whole Zoom concept came about and and, you know, people were having Saturday nights out but online together in their own homes did that actually affect how your friends saw the situation that you're in or you know how much you actually socialize more with them because they were suddenly in your boat rather than you being and trying to get into their boat yeah I mean there were definitely times that I was able to partake in that and my husband was on zoom pretty much every night with my nephew they just well actually they socialized a lot together as a family we weren't just the two of it wasn't like most couples or people were sort of stuck either by themselves or in a two so they were quite sort of like bored of each other's company so to speak or wanted to see others whereas you know we had the five of us so we didn't really need to always necessarily zoom but we did zoom um and when we did it was nice to see friends um however I was going through chemo at the time and um quite heavy chemo i was unable really to to 
drink or do anything sociable. I, I mean, I could talk about just about my pajamas. Um, and, and I used to speak to people on Zoom like that. But I mean, that was all really the only thing that was I always think I quite find quite amusing is I I don't know if you've ever heard of the term FOMO, F-O-M-O, it's fear of missing out. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I, people used to say to me, well, actually, you know, you're really tired going through chemo, but trust me, you're not missing out on anything. So I didn't have the FOMO that a normal person who would be going through chemo would be having by not being able to socialise with their friends. <laughs> okay, so there was a turn up on it then for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, wow. Gosh. And just to kind of give a bit of an understanding of how your day is going to look today. This is we're actually started recording just after 10 o'clock this morning. It's now 1120. Yeah. Are you going to be able to achieve anything else today or what are your hopes for today to achieve? Just to give an <laughs> idea of kind of where yeah. we've gone from in your 20s to what you're living with now and why you have such appreciation for the energy you actually do have. So I, I choose one activity to do every day and this is my one activity. So that is really amazing that I've able to, you know, I feel OK after having spoken for such a long time. Um, I didn't ever realise that actually having a conversation could be as exhausting as it is. I thought um, doing something like going to the shops and collecting something was as exhaust was was more tiring. But it's not actually using my brain mentally um, can really like trigger um Miami so this is my one thing I'm now going to go make myself tea have a rest um probably um maybe read something and then in the afternoon I might do a small activity I've actually we're hopefully going to Cornwall as a family um we're going to stay at um this lovely place at Airbnb um, as a staycation um, well, it was to celebrate my, my me and my sister's sort of uh, sort of end of chemo and uh, we're going to be packing I'm going to be packing today well organizing packing when I say that I just literally write a list of what to pack so that's my second activity for the day I think I should be able to achieve that but that's not important if I can't so that's wow. all I'll be doing. Yeah, that's all I'll be doing is writing less, basically, <laughs> and taking my dog out to the garden when he needs a wing. <laughs> yeah. So it's really, it's really, you know, to compare that to what people expect is hard on their day to day thing. You know, as much as it's lovely to be able to sit down and potter around the house all day, actually, when you have to do it every single day and that's all you can do, it takes on a very different um, yeah. perception. But also your positivity has been epic um and although you're not going to feel positive the entire Thank time you. um I think it's very inspirational to those who are going through something hard and they do know they need to get out the other side and they know it's not going to be anytime soon but to main, maintain positivity is kind of one of the only ways to really get there at all yeah I mean if I could probably if I could share that anything with anyone and I do say this to everyone when they ask me you know if there's one thing that you could share with someone is um is to, is to remain positive to get that will get you through anything and um the, way, the reason why um I say that is because when my mum first got diagnosed when I was 10 years old there was this lovely um uh friend of ours she she was a pharmacist and she was I think it was, we'd been friends since we were at nursery and um, her mum said um Irene I'm so sorry to hear you've you've got cancer she said but if I can 
if I can teach you anything, if I can let you know um, some, something to take with you is to stay positive throughout this journey. It will get you through this. And that's been her motto ever since. And it was her motto the second time round. And when I got it, she said the same thing to me. And well, it's just been in our family and it's got us through 2020. <laughs> yeah. And I guess from two sides, you know, there's a kind of the more morbid side and not. But it, it, it's getting you through to the point where you're actually recovering and, you um, you know, that's exceptional. But actually, if you hadn't recovered, then it would have got you through those days so you could enjoy those days as best as you could with your family and friends. Yeah, totally. And that's obviously something that for me is very hard to say. I've not been in that position. But, Mm -hmm. you know, having had you in that position, you didn't know what the outcome would be. You just knew that you had to do the best you could for what was what you had. And, you know, whichever way it was going to go, being positive was the only thing you had control of I guess yeah I know a couple of girls who've got um who are my age or younger uh, and younger who have got terminal breast cancer and they are so positive and are just just so inspirational um I speak to them on a daily basis because I just I, I and thank them for being so inspirational I mean they're the people that you really learn from they dance every day you see them online they have a great online community they raise awareness they're incredible I'm sure they have their off days but just seeing that positivity I just think I know I chose the right path to go along um it's not easy of course but um with the right support network around you um it's definitely doable Absolutely. And if you haven't got the right support network directly around you, there is actually a massive online community now, isn't there? Of Yeah. You know, if you want to find something and you only need to go on Instagram and put a couple of hashtags in and suddenly you're going to find a lot of people going through the same journey as you or yeah. a similar a similar experience where you'll be able to take something from them, whether it's just watching them to make you feel happier or whether it's yeah. reaching out or whether it's asking about their story or, you know, just confiding in someone that there, there's actually the awareness now is is one of the most powerful things because you know we are getting better about talking about things uh, you know this for example is something that's hard to talk about and to share sort of what you've been through is not always easy or nice but actually for people to hear it and to know that you can still have the best life you can live um on, and you know effectively you're living more of a life based on what you can do you know mm-hmm. and, and and that's really important for now yeah yeah, I yeah, I'm so and I'm so grateful, you know, Jane, for you making contact with me and and asking me to to share um, what I've been through. It's it really helped actually. It's really helped. I feel a lot stronger as we've. I know we've spoken over the past few weeks, but yeah, I just it's really helped. So I'm really grateful for that as well. So thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on and sharing your story and uh, showing what a delight you still are. <laughs> um, and hopefully one day we'll get to dance together. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I would love that. Dancing is the way forward. It's so good for the soul. That takes us to the end of part one. I wanted to share the actual conversation around the life and the concept of what we're talking about before I actually shared her full story. So if you're interested in hearing more and you want to understand from her point of view um, and in her words exactly what she's been through in 2020, then please open up part two and have a listen to that as well. Lucy has found great strength from social media and connecting with people that were going to help her on her journey. If you feel that you'd like to contact her for any reason, she is available on Instagram or Facebook. In Instagram, it's shock as in electric, 
There's a load of underscores under shock. So go into the show notes to get the link. Otherwise, she's Lucy Sophie Burles on Facebook. Again, the links are in the show notes. I'd like to thank you for listening. And if you'd like to get hold of me, as always, you can contact me on Instagram at incrementaljane or via my website, canidoitmyself.com. You can also contact me on LinkedIn or Facebook under Jane Tarrant. Look forward to seeing you next time. Mm-hmm.